what can you do when your spouse says that they don't love you anymore? It's one of the most devastating things that you can hear in a marriage. And I'm going to talk to you about why they might feel that way and what you can do about it. Number one, this is one of the more common reasons that a spouse could say this, and it's that they don't understand love. A lot of times people get love mixed up with something called limerence. And I talk about limerence in other videos. It's basically the madly in love phenomenon. It's where the person will describe how they feel about the other person as, I've never felt this way before. It's magic. God brought us together. The universe brought us together. And we can put people who are experiencing limerence into an MRI machine, a functional MRI machine, and we can actually see their brain work differently. Different parts of their brains fire, and on the picture from the MRI machine, it looks like Part of their brain is having an electrical current and the other part is not. And it only happens when they are shown a picture of the person that they are in limerence with. If they are shown pictures of other people or objects or nature, it doesn't happen. And so limerence is a very real phenomenon. And the thing about limerence is that with time, it will fade. It's not a question of if, it's a matter of when. It will fade and it will be different. But limerence is actually a brilliant design in that it's made to bring two people together who have no other reason to be together. Why else would you want to be around a stranger who you don't know anything about and you have no experiences with? Limerence creates curiosity. It makes you want to explore the other person physically, intellectually, emotionally. You want to know them. It's fueled by limerence and limerence is designed to be a short-term type of love. Now that doesn't mean that you don't have passionate love going forward. But what it means is that as limerence fades, what is supposed to take its place is commitment, companionship, feeling of family, the intimacy of having a history with someone. And that's what comes from the ashes of limerence. But people, especially if you're an English speaker, you have one word, love. And it's supposed to encompass all of these things, friendships, family, romance, possessions, enjoyment. And we just have one word for that. But if you look at the ancient Greeks, they actually had multiple words for love, for different types of love. So for example, agape was unconditional love. It's where a husband and a wife have unconditional love for each other. And then you have phileo, which is brotherly love. You have eros, which is erotic love. And so they could use these different words and people would understand what was meant. So for example, if someone said, I phileo this person, then people would know, okay, they're friends. This is a deep friendship, a brotherly love, like a David and Jonathan type of situation. And then if there was a couple and people said they eros each other, it means they love each other and it's sexual, it's romantic, it's intense, it's passionate. And that's somewhat more similar to limerence, though limerence is often more encompassing. It deals more with emotion as well. And you feel completely overwhelmed and completely in love with this person with every fiber of your being. And it's a good thing. It's designed to have two people develop intimacy. It is designed to push two people toward each other and toward intimacy. But it also has an effect of falling apart and completely collapsing if things are not as they should be. And that's why sometimes people can have two or three months of just incredible intensity and then suddenly their feelings fade. That's where something happened that was able to bring one of them back to reality. But ideally, and often, limerence lasts 
for a while. It can last one to two years before it begins to have extreme fading. And the problem is that sometimes people can think that that means that the relationship is over, that that means that there's nothing left and that love is gone, feelings have faded, and you might as well just move on with your life. And for people who don't understand love and don't understand limerence, that can be very depressing. And they can just think, I don't know how this happened, but obviously this is not the person for me. People will say that phrase. And they will think that someone else is out there and they will have this feeling for them again, this limerence. And this time it will last forever. And the problem is that limerence never lasts forever. Passion can, emotional connection can, wonderful things in a relationship can last permanently. But limerence itself, if we're talking about the specific concept, it will fade with time. It has to because of how it works chemically within your mind, your body, and the way that we are designed to eventually develop a tolerance to chemicals. And so basically you develop a tolerance to this person in terms of that they can't impact you, limerently speaking, the same way. And what most people don't realize is that if you chase after another person and you're chasing after this limerence, you don't realize it, your spouse doesn't realize it, but they are actually chasing the chemical highs. They're not really chasing another person or hoping that another person comes into their life and they can feel this limerence again. What they're actually wanting is the chemical highs that come from limerence. And so if limerence has faded, then they can feel the marriage is over. And as you might imagine, it's very difficult to fight limerence. However, I will get into some things that you can do that can greatly help your situation and that can keep your spouse from leaving or that can bring them back. Before I get to number two, get my free mini course on saving a marriage. The link is in the description below, or you can go to myxbackcoach.com. That's myxbackcoach.com. Click on the marriage tab and you'll see the link for my free mini course. And it's a powerful course. It can help save your marriage. It can definitely give you some guidance and point you in the right direction if your marriage is in danger of separation or divorce, or you're already separated. So get my free mini course and let's move on to number two. Number two is relationship dilution. And what I mean by that is that when you're married to someone, you don't only see them for the fun stuff, like going to dinner, taking trips, having coffee during the day. When you marry someone and now you're living with them, you live life with them. And that means that you live a lot of the negatives. So you pay bills with them. Maybe you have the stomach flu with them, or you witness them having the stomach flu. You have kids you have to punish because no kids are perfect and you want to give them the best future. And sometimes you have to correct them. And that can be a negative experience for both of you. You can even question the other's parenting skills. You have to pay taxes and realize how that's going to hurt you only to be wasted. You have to do yard work. The car won't start and you have to figure out how to get it to a mechanic. And so you're dealing with a lot of the stresses and the negatives of life. And a lot of times that can bleed over to where you associate those things with your spouse. And you start to have a dilution of the love you feel for each other and the marriage relationship itself. It's as though those things water that down to some degree. And because you do associate some of those negative experiences with your spouse, whether it's their fault or not, you begin to feel confused. You don't know exactly what you feel. It doesn't feel as specific. And sometimes you think if you can get away from your spouse, then all those negatives will go away, but they won't. You will have real life issues that continue 
And if another person comes into the life of this person, they will have those issues with them and they can experience the same thing. And because people are creatures of pattern, the same is true with both of the things I've talked about. Limerence, if they go find limerence with someone else, it will fade as well. And they will again feel like they need to go back to the catalog and find somebody else and find that limerence again. And they just chase it like a drug addict. And with this dilution, if they leave their spouse to go try to find a more focused, a more concentrated love with someone else, it will happen again when they experience real life with this person because people are affected the same way going forward. We're all creatures of pattern for the most part. We do change, but usually that's within a specific framework. And so we will be impacted at least to some degree by those things going forward. But it can be very frustrating because people can often feel that there's a better life out there for them and that they're missing out. And so again, we talk about FOMO, F-O-M-O, the fear of missing out and how that can wreck lives. I've talked about that in other videos and some of the short videos here on my channel, and it can absolutely destroy relationships. And so it's one of those things where learn how to be content, learn how to enjoy the present and stay in the present and avoid the temptation of feeling like you are missing out, that there's something out there you could be doing that would give you such a wonderful experience that your life would be complete, but that what you're doing now is not as much fun or not as satisfying. Avoid that because that is a mirage. It will make you unhappy when there's really no need to be, and it can cause people to leave relationships and families chasing this experience that they never really find, but that they think that this weekend they're going to finally get it. And when someone has experienced relationship dilution, a lot of times this is something that they feel. They feel that there's this magic, this experience out there that they have never had and that they are being kept from by being married, by being in a family, and they will chase it and it will be hollow and they will be frustrated one day that they gave up people who loved them and who they loved, even though it wasn't perfect. They gave it up to try to chase this magical experience. The third reason that your spouse could feel that they don't love you anymore is that there's someone else. They have met someone somewhere. And even if they don't have a relationship with them, it has caused them to think that there is this happiness with someone else out there that they could find. And it's made them think that what they have with you is boring and it can put a magnifying glass on the things that I've already talked about. It can make them feel like they're missing out that either this person or another person out there could make them happier, that it could just be easy to be happy and that they would just sell off into the sunset, walk off in the distance on a beach somewhere, and they would just be happy. But that's not real life. We don't get the happily ever after. We get the day-to-day -day life with another person and things are going to come up that are negative. There's going to be frustrations. There's going to be tragedies in your life when you think life is not worth living. And so the idea that if you were with someone else, that all of that would go away is an absolute mirage. And of course, I'm not talking about situations of physical abuse or serial cheating or things like that. What I'm talking about is when feelings fade or when there's some resentment, some bitterness for years of living real life together. It can cause people to feel this way and it can make them chase after someone else. Affairs are one of the most difficult things to deal with because they have to be peeled away from this other person. And a lot of times they're clinging to them. They're in limerence. And so it feels like if they let go of this other person, that they would be letting go of their own happiness and that it would be a terrible sacrifice that they shouldn't have to make to stay with you. That's what they feel. And so that's what I'm telling you. That's the reality that could be facing you. 
I do have solutions that I'm going to get into, but I need to get through these five possibilities first. Number four is that your spouse is bitter and they can be bitter from rejections or from withdrawals. And what's a withdrawal is when basically you have years of negative experiences and because the other person that you're married to is not perfect and you're not perfect, you two are going to say things to each other. You're going to have moments where the other person feels that they were rejected, that they were insulted, that they were hurt, that there wasn't consideration for them, that another person was maybe placed above them, or that you think that you're better than them, or that your happiness is more important than theirs. Maybe they feel like that they have had to be second place to what you want, or what the kids want, or what your parents want. Who knows? But they feel that there are these injuries that have happened over the years. And some people refer to these as withdrawals. It's like taking money out of an account in the bank. Over time, you have less. And they have less, basically, of the bondedness and connected feeling to you. It's not as warm. It's colder now. And like the other things that I've mentioned, all of these things can impact each other and magnify the intensity of each of those things. And that can make it very difficult. But that can also explain it. And the first thing that needs to happen is you kind of need to learn how this happened. Because that's going to help you be able to undo it and to find that connection again with your spouse and to rebuild some of this and to reattract them. Before I get to number five, remember my free mini course for saving a marriage. The link is in the description below, or you can go to myxbackcoach.com and it's under the marriage tab. It's free and it can be a big help if your marriage is in crisis. Number five is that your spouse could be going through something like a midlife crisis. Now there's question out there whether the midlife crisis concept that we've heard about is actually a real phenomenon. Some people say that it definitely is. There's some evidence that suggests that it might not be, but it's really difficult to say, even if it's not a true disorder or something that can be diagnosed. There definitely seems to be a phenomenon that someone will look around and say, wow, life is getting away from me. I'm not as young as I used to be, or I feel older than I should because of the person I'm married to or because I have a family. And it's basically this idea that they are missing out. So it all goes back in many ways to FOMO, fear of missing out. And in many ways, that is what a midlife crisis is. And they think, you know, I've got to live before I get too old to enjoy it. And sometimes that can make them think that they need to get rid of their marriage and that they need to find someone else or they at least need to be open to that and that this marriage is what is holding them back. And if they are going through such a thing, then oftentimes they associate youth and happiness with someone else or another situation. It's where they basically just throw the baby out with the bathwater, so to speak, the baby being the marriage. And they think that they will rediscover their youth or at least get to experience things before too much time has passed if they can get rid of the marriage. With the time I have left, I'm going to give you some pointers on how you can reattract your spouse, how you can slow this down, and maybe how you can get through to them. Keep in mind that this is not a sprint. This is a marathon. And if you try to make things happen right now, if you try to make things happen today, oftentimes you can push them much further away. It can even be the straw that broke the camel's back, so to speak. So that's the first thing I'm going to tell you. Avoid the temptation of trying to make it all happen today, of trying to save your marriage today. There are things you can do today, but it will take time to turn your spouse's heart around. Their heart is like a giant ship. It can't turn on a dime like a motorcycle. It will take time, just like it took time for them to get into this. Now, hopefully it won't take as long. It took time for them to get to where they are. 
for them to feel how they do now. And it will take time for them to be able to overcome these things. And it won't take nearly as much time as it took for them to get in it. But there will be a period of time where you will not see much progress. That doesn't mean that no progress is happening. It just means it's difficult to see and that it is small and it is within them, emotionally speaking. You may have heard the old saying, a watched pot never boils. And the idea was if you ever put a pot on the stove, a pot of water, and you're trying to boil it, if you watch it, it seems like it's never going to happen. And then the minute you turn away, you hear that sound and you look back and now the water is boiling. And it sort of works that way in that you don't always see what's happening within them. So don't push for it to happen immediately or else you probably will push them away. Number two, be as attractive as you can at your stage and situation in life. And that means you're going to take care of yourself physically as much as you can. And this is where you can show a lot of change. If you have had physical deterioration that you can control. So maybe you've gained a lot of weight. Maybe your hygiene's not as good as it used to be. Maybe you're not taking as good a care of yourself as you used to. Some of these things are within your control. And so I would suggest that you start working on that immediately. You take care of what you can with your own self as much as possible. That's where you have the most control and the most opportunity. So that can also be emotionally. If you are someone who interrupts a lot, if you have been accused of constantly being in a bad mood or other things that maybe your spouse has said, things that legitimately you could improve on and you should look within yourself because we all have areas where we can improve. None of us is perfect. And the person that we are with deserves our best. And that means physically, emotionally, intellectually, everything that we can do. And so that's an opportunity for, for you to work on yourself. And it's something that they can see with time. And that can be a very positive thing when they can see some change. The third thing that you can do is avoid the negatives. That means avoid fighting. You've probably already fought about these issues. Try to avoid it. Try to not let it happen again because you're probably not going to get any further and you need healing before you can actually deal with these things. One of the biggest mistakes that people make in this type of situation is to think, wow, we're really struggling, so we should talk about all our issues. That is one of the worst things that you can do because this person is not motivated to work on the relationship because they see happiness as being away from you. And so it's basically the equivalent of saying to them, leave happiness and come back and struggle with me. And whereas there is some reality in that, that's not what they should be thinking or seeing or feeling from the situation. So rather than get into all the issues and both of you basically have to wade through the negatives and have this awkwardness and anger and frustration, one of the best things that you could do is to work on healing, work on having some positive experiences. And I've talked about this in other videos, especially on marriage, but having some small positive experiences together can actually over time get you in a position to where you are healthy enough and where some of that bondedness and that warmth and connection is back. And then you can get into those issues and you can do so with less anger. It could actually be very constructive, but oftentimes if the timing is off, you will only make things worse and it can make them much worse. Oftentimes people are fooled with this idea that whenever there's a negative, that it should be gotten off your chest immediately, that you should get into the issues right away, that you should bring it up and quote, work through it. But that rarely happens, first of all. And second of all, it's different to do that if you're doing this one issue at a time, maybe over a few months and you talk about it every now and then and it's constructive. But a lot of people tend to think that all the issues should just be put out onto the table and that we should argue and fight and work on every single one of them. And then they wonder why their spouse doesn't want to do that and why they want to leave. 
because they see what they are going to either to another person or just getting away from you. That's what they see as happiness in this moment. That's the unfortunate reality. And so trying to suggest that if they come work on it, that a solution would come from that is sounding to them as though you're asking them to give up happiness to come experience frustration. And maybe it should be something that they should look at and say, yes, I need to do that. But none of us are perfect and your spouse is not perfect. And so that's not going to be something that is attractive to them, especially if they are experiencing some of this FOMO, limerence, and those kinds of things. It feels like that's something that they just couldn't give up and especially not for frustration. And they even think if it has to be that way, then that's not the person for me anyway, because it should just be easy. Try to think their thoughts. Try to put yourself in their shoes. If they see it as leaving happiness to go into frustration, they're going to think, first of all, that they don't want to do that. It's just overwhelming that they want the happiness and they don't want to go back into frustration. But also they can think if it's that difficult and that frustrating, then it's not meant to be anyway. And something else is out there for me because marriage shouldn't be this difficult. That's what they can be thinking, whether it's right or wrong. And so you have to put yourself in the shoes of your spouse. What would you want if you were them? Though these things might seem simplistic, they actually open up into a lot of complexity that can help you a lot. And of course, my free mini course that I mentioned earlier can add to that significantly. My organization is here to help and we have resources to help. So be sure to take a look at those at my website. And this has been Coach Lee. And as always, thank you for watching.